Hey, boys and girls, this is Bobby Blitz Motorkill. That's right. And you're listening to East Coast Metal Radio. All right, gang, uh, back here on East Coast Metal Radio again this week. Nick, how you making out today, What's brother? What's going on, guys? How you doing, dude? Listen, man, uh, I think this week we'll uh, tackle new music. I mean, the beginning of the year and new albums are starting to drop like Donald Trump's approval rating, That's dude. So, crazy. you know, we'll, uh, I think we'll focus on this. And there's a lot of new music out, so we'll focus this episode on, uh, on new music. Um, obviously, Bobby Blitz uh, from Overkill. He did the station ID this week, and uh, yeah, we interviewed him on uh, Monday, talking about the new album and uh, tour. And we also interviewed on Tuesday. I interviewed Tony Bellardo, guitarist for Enemy Remains. So I think today we'll do uh, both of those interviews, but um, we'll get started with some tunes right away. And uh, first up, we're going to do <coughs> "Thy Art Is Murder." No absolution, dude. What do you think about the song so far, it is man? Killer. <laughs> You know, and it's funny because you you had your paintings all in a bunch about fucking Suicide Silence and Doris and all, which, yes, this is the fourth episode, we're talking about Doris, but it's still a contention yeah. in the East Coast Metal family here. Exactly. But we finally got a really true, brutal tune, and, uh, you know, just, time. just last week's episode, we talked about CJ, you know, maybe coming back, and, you know, there was a video, well, yeah. right here's proof, dude, that uh, they are back. And, new Year, uh, New Thy Art. We're going to kick it off right here. No Absolution by Thy Art is Murder. Yeah. Oh, no. 
East Coast Metal back here, John and Nick. Um, what do you think about the new song? Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> you know, it's great. And uh, I was emailing Andy Marsh over the weekend. They had just gotten back from Australia. So I'm sure we'll be talking to him soon. But uh, it's nice to have such a freaking heavy song, but these guys continuing Crazy. to wave the metal flag. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, again, don't forget to follow us, guys, at ECN Radio Show, Facebook, we're at uh, East Coast Metal Show, and, again, email us anytime. I appreciate you guys sending us in your, your thoughts. Uh, our email is ecm at musicfrenzy.net. Nick, uh, next up we're going to do uh, Dirty Eye by Bill and Phil. Now, this is uh, Phil Anselmo's, I don't know, it seems like it's f his 400th project this yeah. year. He's always got something going down, dude. And uh, this one is, uh, he's collaborated with uh, Bill Mosley. Now, I'm not sure if you know him, he's a horror guy. Uh, Bill was uh, Otis in Rob Zombie's Devil Rejects and uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. And he played Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, so... That's where I guess you know, those guys, uh, you know, got to be friends. Phil's a big horror guy, so um, yeah. So uh, from from what I understand, Bill uh, Bill Mosley uh, laid down some lyrics, and uh, you know, Phil got some guys together, and they went to the uh, uh, Phil's Nodferatu Lair, right. and uh, recorded this. So uh, they have a new album out, actually, it's out now on Housecore Records. The album's called Songs of Darkness and Despair, and enjoy this one. It's called Dirty Eye.
All right, cool, man. Uh, back here on East Coast Metal Radio, that was Dirty Eye by uh, Bill and Phil. Uh, again, album's out now on Housecore Records. Next, we're going to introduce uh, Overkill. Um, we're going to play the uh, song Our Finest Hour. It is from the upcoming album, The Grinding Wheel, which is out on February 10th. Uh, as I said earlier, um, brother, we uh, interviewed Bobby Blitz. Uh, I spoke to him last September right before the uh, Rock Carnival show, and Bobby's just a cool dude, and uh, wait to hear this interview, guys, it's really cool, um, you know, Bobby's, it's just like talking to a friend, you know, yeah, really um, cool guy, he, he is a cool guy, he talks about uh, cooking pork roll outside of a hotel in Poland, um, uh, you know, we touch on, uh, you know, uh, muscle cars, and, uh, you know, of course, we wrap our heads around the album, and uh, the tour, so, uh, here is uh, Overkill, Our Finest Hour, and that'll lead you into the interview with Bobby Blitz from Overkill. Enjoy. Can't you see? We were meant to be, meant to be. 
Back here on East Coast Metal Radio, uh, we're pleased to have Mr. Bobby Blitz Ellsworth from Overkill on the phone today. Bobby, uh, how's it going today, brother? Doing well, my friend. How are you, John? Doing good as always, man. Uh, what we spoke last was when you guys were playing the uh, the Rock Carnival Festival out there in Jersey. And, you know, it was a great lineup, great show. The weather didn't cooperate too much. <laughs> if you remember, it was raining and just bad weather, man. Horns up, but wet fish, man. It was a good time. It was, uh, like you said, it was a good lineup. I remember playing on the Twisted Day, having Ace there. I think Punky Meadows uh, actually played earlier that day. But it was uh, it was a good Jersey crowd and a great venue, you know, down at the, it was the Blue Hawk Stadium down in Lakewood, right? Yeah, exactly. They set it up nicely, and yeah, man, what a great weekend. Um. <laughs> you know what I love about those vendors and everything is that it's not too far from a great sausage and peppers, you know what I mean? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you smell them wherever you are, and you're like, I gotta get, I gotta get one of those. It's like being down at the seaside. Uh, I was gonna say you're a Jersey boy, so I mean, you know, the summers, you know, on seaside and Wildwood That's, still uh, is. Yeah, all, from, all, from the early days. That's where uh, that was the summertime destination, and to some degree, still is. I think it stays with people in New Jersey and Pennsylvania to so go out to the uh, out to the beach and uh, out to the shore and see what's happening. It's it just like pork roll. You know, you can't get pork roll anywhere else except for Jersey. So. It's a Jersey you know, thing. Funny story. I'm in, I'm in a place called Dance Poland, right? And we're, we're in a... The dressing room is up on, like, the seventh floor of this old factory, right? And it's raining and it's cold and everything, but it's really hot in the dressing room. So I got the window open, and I'm going, what is that smell? I know that smell. And sure enough, I lean my head out the window, and there's three of my boys, right? They're down there, all around a little hibachi. Right? Freezing their asses off, and they're grilling pork balls, and somebody snuck over from Jersey in their luggage. <laughs> <laughs> in Poland, and I'm thinking to myself, only in Jersey. Yeah, that's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And then you could watch it down with some Gabasi, you know? <laughs> I said, hey, pour off of me! <laughs> That's crazy, man. Well, you know, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, when we spoke back then, you had mentioned that um, the album was, uh, I think it was done, it was, uh, you know, being mixed and so forth, and you had warned me it was going to be a, a killer album, and Bobby, uh, I'll tell you straight up, you were not lying, brother. Uh, the Grinding Wheel comes out February 10th, and uh, I've listened to it from uh, beginning to end, and it just crushes, man. That's a great compliment. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's hard for me to always be objective about this, so I, I never try to say oh, it's the best thing we did. But I, you know, I can always tell by the level of excitement I have uh, with regard to how I personally feel after the mix. That you know, I, where is it? And I've been kind of ultimately excited. It's been on ten, man. I can't wait to get in the room. I can't wait to have it out. So that's I think that that kind of speaks for itself with regard to let's say good results. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, part of the uh, promotion is that uh, the band, along with Nuclear Blast, have put out some teaser videos. And um, I was watching one where you explained how you came up with the t album title. And I thought it was a perfect explanation for, you know, how you guys developed the grinding wheel. Well, sure. I mean, this is part of our vernacular, you know. I mean, it's, uh, it's in our vocabulary, you know. We use it for all things, whether it be football games or whether it be... Uh, you know, projects that we have to do, whether it be overkill or other people in you know, this area, I think it's 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 something that we use, if not many areas. You know, wine is a, you know, it, it's it's a badge. It's not a it's it's not a bad um, um, uh, um, pursuit to grind. You know, 
through it. So I, I think there's something to be said there with regard to uh, what the band's uh, history has been about. Uh, it's been a slow but sure progress. Uh, and, and I think that through that, we've, uh, we've had a lot of people kind of, kind of join us in that grind. But to some degree, actually makes it easier when you have like a little army of grinders with you trying to push through for the next record. Oh, totally. And it's just ironic, uh, you know, that we're speaking about longevity because last week I interviewed uh, Stephen Piercy from Rat and uh, Jack Russell from Great White, um, you know, and, you know, again, guys that have just been doing it, you know, to different levels of success, but still since the 80s, you know. So that started a, a topic of conversation on our last show, and we were talking about longevity and, you know, if we could name any bands that are out now that, you know, would be doing the same thing, you know, grinding, as you call it, for 20, 30, 40 years from now. And I, I, I don't know if there are any young bands that are going to be around, you know, like you guys are doing, just pursuing and, and uh, doing what you do, you know? Well, I think it's a different world, too, and I think that that's part of it. I think it's harder. I think it's easy for a band to get recognized on a small level in 2017. And that, due to the fact that technology and that social media have changed our entire lives, you know, it's it's necessary to have your your, your, your Facebook likes and uh, your, your streaming YouTube uh, videos and, um, and, and that type of promotion. But it's such a crowded room because, I mean, everybody's there. It's not. It's never a sifted group. And I think something about the 80s that sifted, that helped sift through it was, you know, record deals were not just easily given away. It took the social media of the day was really shaking hands. It was putting pliers under windshield wipers and tapping on telephone poles, and that's how you started getting your recognition yeah. uh, to be yeah. and, I, and I think it's harder for a band. It doesn't mean they're less talented by any means, but they have a harder go at it uh, because it's, uh, again, a really crowded room, and, and people's attention span comes to things like social media can be a uh, short attention span as opposed to a long attention span that comes with uh, a handshake. I think a lot of it too is all about the quick hit. You know, if we record an album or two and it doesn't work out, or someone gets their panties in a bunch, then all right, well, you know, let's just start a new band. You know, or, or you know, get new members or whatever. It's it's just not like it was back in the day. That's a great point. I, I, you know, and, and that can be from you know, I think one of the things that the modern day and technology gives us is instantaneous gratification. Yeah. You know that you you, you want instantaneous because you want to be liked. You know you. People don't put that Facebook shit out there to be disliked, you know, unless you're just an asshole, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you want all those likes, and if you're not like, then you don't put the time into it. And I think, you know, back in the 80s, it was a, there was a, and I'm not saying it was a decade of, um, of uh, make or break with regard to a band, but I am saying that it's what I know. And if, if somebody didn't like it, what you did was you know, that, that was kind of the way it, it was. And, it, and instantaneous gratification didn't really exist until it was earned. And it took, um, it took a really long period, periods of time to get to that point where you actually had a cheering crowd. I tell this story about uh, there were some great clubs in, uh, in, in uh, there was one in Brooklyn and one in uh, um, Queens, New York, and they were both called Lamore. Okay. And one was Lamore East. Sure, we sure. Know where the owners were. We used to hang out at this place, and we would all take turns giving these guys press kits. And I was in the Warriors one night. It was my it was my turn, right? 
And I, I knew the guy, and he was walking in, and I was at a seat show, and I had the press kit, and I said, Oh, Mr. So and so, my name is Bobby Blitzen, Mother Kill. This is our press kit, this uh, has eight by tens of biography and a demo. He goes, he goes, he puts his hand on my shoulder and goes, Kid, you're a nice kid, but your band sucks. And I thought to myself, right, I was like heartbroken, but the other part of me was saying, I'm going to make sure that this guy books us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially, it couldn't have been one or three years later, that same individual was managing us. Really? Really? So yeah, I think somewhere in there is said to be the difference that even though he gave me the thumbs down and a dislike, it didn't send me packing. All it did was send us to regroup and push harder. Yeah. So I think that, yeah. I think that, that was a, a great definition of that era. That's amazing, man. And, you know, I think one of the things that keeps bands like Overkill in the eye is that you guys keep making the music fresh. White Devil Armory, I think, compared to The Grinding Wheel, um, was a lot more thrashier, you know, and you guys talk about it in one of the teaser videos as well, um, that uh, The Grinding Wheel is kind of more, you know, straight-ahead uh, metal as opposed to, you know, White Devil Armory, which was kind of, you know, had that more of a thrash feel. Well, you know, you know what I see on this record is um, it's thrashy, but the thrash is is for sure uh, the influx of energy from song to song. But the riffs themselves are quite diverse, and, and I think that we have uh, an array of tools that we use, and, and, and they may be rock and roll and punk rock and traditional classic heavy metal, a new wave of British heavy metal, groove, epic feels. All of that came out on this record, so it gave the songs personal identities unto each other. Okay. Each was kind of individual. That they're all in the same family, but they were brothers and sisters of each other, as opposed to being twins, you know, quadruplets, sex tuplets. They were not uh, the visual or the audio audible of the scene. And I think that the key was, was to add the energy for the brand on the entire record at the end of the day. So you have the new wave of British heavy metal, but you got a groovy come heavy. You got a thrashy uh, or finest hour, um, and, and you have a punk rock uh, goddamn trouble. So yeah. I think that what we're holding here is something that is uh, diverse uh, yet uh, recognizably overkill. We're talking to Bobby Blitz from Overkill, and uh, I want to get into a couple of the songs off of The Grinding Wheel, and you just mentioned Goddamn Trouble. Um, that's the first one I want to start with, because, Bobby, any song that talks about or mentions a Deep Purple's Highway Star is a song for me, brother. <laughs> I love it. I read the tape from the floor of the car, jammed it in the dash, and played Highway Star. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in the old 72 Camaro I used to have back then. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a 71 Chevelle, and I'm telling you, the, that exact thing happened to me as well, man. <laughs> so awesome. And isn't that, isn't that the idea of lyric? You know, um, it, it wasn't supposed to be deep. It was just supposed to strike a chord with someone. Um, and and uh, I had such fun writing that song because it was it took me back to an era uh, when it was uh, that influx of youth in my life. You know, my, maybe my my fountain youth is the grinding wheel, but the fact that, that it lets me relive some of that stuff in my head would give uh, a fresh face to the songs, and the band giving a fresh face to an older feel to make it contemporary in 2017, to make it valuable in 2017. Yeah, Bobby. I mean, the song you know took me back 
just like you said, with me and my boys, I'm from Lower Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So, you know, hitting 95, uh, 295, going down to uh, Seaside, just, you know, trying to see what kind of havoc we can get into. Um, it was awesome listening to them, you know, three whatever minutes of that song, man. It, lots of memories came back. 71 should go. Was it a big block? Yes, sir. Now, yeah. I got a 67 sitting out in the garage. I sold mine years ago, um, you know, to get something more family. <laughs> I wish I had it again, man. That car rocked. Believe me, I haven't had it my whole life. I had to go back to get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found a clip of the band playing uh, live in Frankfurt last November, I think it was, uh, performing Our Finest Hour. And, you know, when I when I first heard that track, Bobby, it sounded to me like, you know, just another great song that to hear live. And to see you guys pull it off was just it was just cool. I hope it's on the uh, upcoming tour. It will be, actually. Um, I, I think that show in Frankfurt was with uh, Phil and guitar player, Waldemar. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and so it wasn't Dave. He had to go home. But that was Waldemar's first show. And um, this song, Our Finest Hour, is one of the songs that came across to me as, as the bridge between uh, White Devil Armory and uh, the Grinding Room. It still had that uh, kind of uh, feel of what preceded it with White Devil, Electric Bench, etc. Uh, but uh, I think there's a lot more diversity on this record than you find on something like um, White Devil. I think the grinding will hold a whole bunch of different overkill aspects. Yeah, and, and a song like Come Heavy. Come Heavy has, you know, just a really cool guitar groove to it. Um, it's one that really stood out for me, Bobby. One of the things I'm, I'm really impressed uh, personally about that song is is that it doesn't really contain a chorus. Um, in traditional, obviously, t- traditional arranging, you can do a chorus. There's repetitive lines in it, but there's no set-up chorus for it that just keeps coming back around. And I think that that's kind of the charm of the song, is that you said the riff. The riff is actually the hook in the song. Right. So it's right. Uh, it really is one of my top two songs all the time. It's the one I always listen to all the way through when uh, getting ready for the road. <laughs> It's cool, and pretty soon you guys are just about to head out, man. I mean, you're headlining a tour with Nile, and it's kicking off Valentine's Day in Philly at the truck, man. So um, that's going to be cool. And I'm kind of hoping at the merch table you have some chocolates or some roses so any of us guys who forget can pick something up there, you know? <laughs> man, I got a great story. You know, I, I, my wife and I have ported chocolates for 12 years. We recently sold the business, you know? Okay. But it was, I was uh, the guy, I'd be out there touring, and if I was on the road, like, anywhere in the first two weeks of February, my phone would be blowing up all day long for guys and other bands going, dude, forgot my wife, can you get the chocolates there in time? Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Wild. That's pretty cool, man. And, you know, you know, again, being, you know, East Coast, Jersey uh, area, the tour wraps up at Sayerville at the Starland. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to catch both shows. And the Starland show, um, a friends of mine are opening the show. They're a band called We Our War. And, um, you know, talk about grinders, man. They're, they're just like you guys. They just love playing metal. And um, I hope you get a chance to go out on stage and listen to them because they're a really good bunch of guys. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a. I'll give it a listen. I, I, I may have just run into one of the guys. I was at the TSO show at uh, the Prudential Center, and I think I ran into one of the guys and talked to him for a couple. Of- oh, very cool, man. 
The Grinding Wheel comes off February 10th, and you can check out the band live at Valentine's Day in Philly. Um, and anyone who wants to find out about the band, your website's wreckingcrew.com and uh, in, on Twitter at Overkill Band. So, again, Bobby, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, you have a good afternoon, man. Josh, always a pleasure. This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. That's right. Back here on East Coast Metal Radio. Again, uh, follow us on Twitter at ECM Radio Show, Facebook at East Coast Metal Show. Uh, dude, what do you think about Bobby Blitz, man? Such a cool guy. <laughs> Make sure if you see him to bring in pork roll, sneak it in somehow. You know, and it's funny because, like you said, the uh, tour kicks off on Valentine's Day in Philly. So, uh, you know, and I had asked him, um, you know, is he going to be having chocolate and roses for us dumbasses who forget, you know, so I might have to sneak him some pork roll, dude. That would be kind of <laughs> kind of cool. Last him throughout the tour. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's keep on with some new music. Um, Betraying the Martyrs, uh, French band. First heard about them in 2012. I interviewed them on the Mayhem Festival, and uh, just they just fucking crushed it on the Sumerian stage, dude. And uh, they have a new album coming out. It's uh, January 27th. It's called The Resilient, and it's still on uh, through Sumerian Records. Um, this new song, it's very, very heavy, and it's called Lost for Words.
East Coast Metal. Dude, is it cool to be having a heavy episode? Crazy. It's about time. Well, I know. That 80s and 90s shit. We're back to modern day stuff. There you go, man. You know, and whatever, man. I hope that we still play some 80s music. Um, again, it's going to be dictated through whatever interviews we get, but this episode is heavy, and we're going to keep it going with Aversion's Crown. I love Aversion's Crown. They're, I think I'm actually friends with a um, singer on Facebook. Really cool people. Yeah, but he doesn't think it's you. He thinks it's the other Nick. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, Betraying the Mortars was from France. Now we're going to go to Australia with Aversion's Crown. Um, they have a new album, uh, Xenocide, which is out now on Nuclear Blast. And Good album. Dude, uh, hang on to your ass. This is uh, Prismatic Abyss.
East Coast Metal. East Coast Metal Radio. That's where it's at. East Coast Metal is some other thing. That might be like a fucking scrapyard. Oh. This is East Coast Metal Radio. Oh, shit. My and if you guys out there do not forget, we are not a metal company. We are a radio show that plays metal. Dipshit. Uh, all right, man. So, uh, yeah, it was cool hearing a Virgin's Crown. Uh, uh, let's get into Enemy Remains. Uh, they have an album out. Um, actually just dropped on Friday. And um, it's called No Faith in Humanity. A uh, very solid band. They're from Connecticut, and uh, the guitarist Tony Bellardo uh, gave me a call on Tuesday. We talked about the album. Um, they're kind of, you know, they've been around for a little while. Um, the drummer, um, Steve Zimmerman, is from Fate's Warning, so, you know, they have some chops um, already in the band. And, you know, Tony is a really, really solid, uh, not only guitarist, but songwriter as well. Yeah. And uh, wait to hear their singer. Their singer, Frank Morin, is just... Uh, he's a madman. He's got crazy range, dude. You know, he can sing really cool melodic stuff, and he can sing the hardcore vocals, too. So, um, you know, if you guys want to hear a, a new album, um, you know, from a band that you might not be familiar with, No Faith in Humanity, uh, out now by Enemy Remains. Uh, so I think my favorite uh, song off that album is Divided by Hate. Uh, we're going to play that one. And I actually bring that up in our interview with uh, Tony, which we will follow up uh, after the song. So uh, enjoy, Enemy Remains. Complete, I said we kill, defeat, the lies 
Joining us now is Tommy Bellardo, a guitarist from Enemy Remains. Tommy, how's it going tonight? Pretty good, man. Dude, uh, congratulations on your uh, upcoming album, uh, No Faith in Humanity. It hits out on uh, Friday. Give me some insight about the band. Uh. Okay, uh, me and Steve formed the band uh, quite a while ago. We never never could actually get the, quite, the right guys uh, to actually take the band where we wanted to go. Uh, I've known Steve for many years back in the Fates Warning days, and um, sure. he actually wrote tech for them back then. Oh, cool. Um, he actually, you know, he departed from Fates, and he asked me to come do a project with him, and I was, you know, more than honored to do something with him. Um, but, you know, it's been a struggle, these whole getting up to this album to get released after the first album. The first album, uh, we had guys that were, were with us, but not really on the same page as us, had different goals than us and what we wanted to do. You know, all me, Steve, know is, like, music and let's go on the road and all that stuff, but... Uh, it's, we finally think we have the right guys now, so we're pretty excited about the new album. You know, I kind of find that that happens a lot, Tommy. Yeah. You, you get a bunch of guys together, and they seem all into it, and then, you know, when it's time to put up or shut up, and I'm not saying that that happened to your guys, I don't know the guys, but, you know, from being around here in the Philadelphia scene and, you know, managing bands here and there, you know, some of them just take it so seriously until it's time to really make things happen. And then it's like, well, you know, family or college or yeah, with money exactly, or... <laughs> that's exactly it. It's yeah. Like, you talk the game until you, like, you say, okay, the tour bus is pulling up tomorrow. Who's getting out? Yeah. And everybody, you know, you get the guys that go, oh, wait a minute, hold on. What do you mean, wait a minute? The tour bus is pulling up tomorrow. Who's getting in? And that's what we pretty much tell the guys in our band now. Yeah. You know, if you've got to hesitate about that question, you're in the wrong band. I used to manage here in Philadelphia, and that was the hardest part, is that I would work to get, you know, bands on tour, and I'm like, well, when, you know, what's your availability? You know, I got some shows here on the East Coast. Well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up, and, you know, so-and-so has a final, and I'm like, look, I said, don't you guys know the story of Aerosmith, you know, where yeah. they, they all just lived in, a, in one fucking room forever until, they, until it happened, and I don't see that happening nowadays. No, dude, that's that's what I'm getting at, exactly. Like, me and Steve are those dudes. We're the dudes that are going to sit there and eat peanut butter and jellies, whatever the hell we got to do to get this band to the next level, and it's hard to find those guys, you know what I mean? Well, you know, I think it's paid off so far, Tommy, because No Faith in Humanity is a really good record, and, um, you know, I want to now go through a couple of the tracks with you. Um, okay. Starting off with the title track. I mean, the title track just kicks ass, and um, I'm not f too familiar with your, your singer, Frank, but... My yep. God, dude, that guy can sing. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, not too many people knew about Frank either, because Frank has not really been, he was, a, to be honest with you, Frank was in the hip-hop scene. Okay. This is this is a true story, so he didn't know nothing about rock, metal, this, he, he joined this little cover band that they were doing, and they actually started doing originals, I happened to be at a venue one night, and they were playing this little bar, and I'm like, I, I'm just sitting here having a drink, I'm like, who the hell is this kid, man, this kid <laughs> is like... The voice is just so appealing, and it's so warm on the ears, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And that's that's what we wanted to bring into Enemy Remains, because we were always looking for that radio singer guy that we could never get, you know? Or the guy that could write... Frank can write his own melodies, he writes his own words. The first album, I wrote everything. I wrote the words, I wrote the guitars, I wrote this, I, and I'm like... It's so refreshing to have somebody that can actually hold their own and do their, you know, do do their job. You know, it's cool. You know, we collaborate now, which we didn't have before. 
Frank brings a whole new aspect to the band. As you go through track by track, you know that this cat's well-rounded, man. I mean, you know, he has the melodic, he has the heavier vocals. Um, yeah. And that's yeah, <laughs> and that's exactly what we went for on this album. Yeah. We didn't want to be categorized. We wanted to be a genre switcher. Like, if there was a heavy show, we're on that heavy show. If there was a more mainstream show, we could fit on that bill too. That's exactly the way we wrote this album. We're like. You know, we wanted to show Frank's talent. Like, usually you see all these bands now, they got a screamer guy, and then they got a singer guy. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> they got two singers. They're like, wait a minute, Frank can do both. You know what I mean? You know, on the tour bus, it saves a spot, you know? <laughs> totally, man. I mean, that's just another mouth to feed. <laughs> you know, and obviously you guys have a video for the song up on your YouTube channel. And, yep. you know, what an intense video. I mean, not only the song, but the storyline and, of course, the live performance. Um. You know, give me some insight behind the making of that video. Yeah, that video was very important to us because we wanted to show exactly how, you know, you know, all this stuff that's going on in the world with the racism and the politics and the, you know, we really wanted to show it in light in the video. And we're so happy that everybody got, I mean, it was like, oh, I get what you're trying to say. You know, it's like, we're just, this world is getting to be so difficult to, to live in. You know, it's like... You know, you're judged on this, you're judged on that. We're like, let's just get back to the basics, you know, where everybody sat in the same room, watched the same TV program, listened to the same music, and nobody was ever judged on nothing, you know? Sure. And that's pretty much what the whole album is kind of based upon. We're just like, you know, we're watching all this, the politics and the, and we're like, you know, the, the racism with the, uh, you know, the all the riots, and we're like, Jesus Christ, you know? You know, and and it's one of those albums that kind of, you know, makes you think about things, just like you said. I mean, you know, just song titles alone, No Faith in Humanity, Trust in No One, Divided by Hate. You know, I mean, this album, I don't know if it could have been made 20 years ago, you know. Exactly, dude, exactly. And that's why, you know, and everybody was like, and we when we put this album together, it wasn't really based like that. We kind of wrote every song to be a single, so... And then we put the whole package together and everybody's like, you look at these song titles and you look at what we're doing here. And it's like, you know, it just it basically fed off of our emotions of how we were writing the album. And that's pretty much how it became the way it is. And you know, a lot of people are recognizing, you know, even the messages and the words and the song. And, you know, we're, we're trying to bring light to all this shit. Yeah. Well, the latest song is Trust in No One. And, uh, you know, the guitars. And this song is what stood out to me. I mean, they're, you know, pretty cool riffs. And Steve's double bass drum is, <laughs> you know, it's one of those that's just so intense, man. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing we wanted to do, too, because we wanted to spotlight Steve's abilities, too, where, you know, people may have not, I mean, he, he used to do the real progressive, old, you know, slower stuff with a lot of changes about, you know, the guy is fast, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We wanted to, we wanted to show that, like, you know, here, here he still is, and, you know, what do you think of this kind of thing? And that's the, you know, when we wrote the song, we were like, because we were kind of nervous to bring it to him, we're like, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, let's do it, man, yeah, let's yeah. do it, you know? Nah, it fits in perfectly, and, yeah. you know, one thing that made me, um, you know, stop and, and look at on the album is the choice of going with two piano instrumentals. Yes. One to start off the album, then, you know, get one, you know, towards the middle. Um, how'd that come about? What was the thinking behind that? Well, it pretty much goes with the, we're calling it a theme now, everybody kind of is. It kind of goes with, you know, where where the song comes out, of, you know, like Divided by Hate or the, you know, going into Colony. Um, it's more about a reminisce of, like, the way things could be. 
and it's like you reflecting on, you know, kind of like what's going on, you know, like how can we kind of change this? What can we do? I mean, it's just bringing an emotion, a whole new emotional side to the tracks. Yeah. Well, I don't know who you have playing, but who's ever playing does an incredible job, man. Yeah, Bobby Brake is with us now. He's actually, uh, he's been around for a little while with us. Um, And then, uh, yeah, Frank, actually Frank plays keyboards too. And he actually did the intro on that one and Bobby did the other one. So, yeah, we have a lot of talent in this band. One of my favorite songs off the album, probably my favorite is Divided by Hate. Um, Oh, yeah. I think because it's it's a little heavier, and yep. you know it's got that group chant that I think if you guys play it live, it just you know once everyone gets to know the tune, um, that would be a monster live. Oh yeah, you know actually it was. We played Toad's Place uh, last Friday. And, oh cool. Uh, just the people can feel the build up in the song and it's self explanatory, and the crowd <laughs> was actually going. And we said the same thing. Oh, too bad the album didn't drop. The album. <laughs> they would know these songs and they'd be screaming it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild, man. And uh, "Breathe Again" is is just another you know pure rock song. I mean, the riff in the chorus, yeah, killer. Is that one that you came up with, or uh, Scotty, or? Uh... Yeah, no, I pretty much I pretty much write the structure of all the songs. Oh, cool. Scotty will do some overlays on it. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, we're you know, believe it or not, we've already started the next album. We actually wrote a track last night, which is good fit on this album with no problem at all. Okay, but um. Yeah, I mean, we're excited about it, man. We're, you know, we're pretty pumped up about, you know, everybody's ability on this album and, you know, show light to bring, you know, Steve back to light. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I didn't even know he was still playing. I mean, I get that all the time. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He shines, as does the rest of you guys on this album. It's a really solid album. Um, As far as touring goes, I know February 8th you're playing with Nonpoint at the Webster. What else you guys have planned for this year? Uh, we're actually in the talks of doing all that now, because after the album drops, everybody's been, we have the marketing and all the, the radio campaign going on, it actually went out yesterday, uh, but they've been concentrating on that till the 20th, and then, uh, we're gonna start booking a lot of shows, from what I'm told. Alright, well, if you make it towards the Philadelphia area, give me a text, and I'll come hey, out and cover the show for you, well, man. Let us know where to come out there, we'll come. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tommy, it's uh, you know, a much pleasure uh, having you on the show today and you know, talking about this album. Uh, again, No Faith in Humanity comes out Friday. I wish you guys good luck, and uh, yeah, thanks for giving us a call. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that was Enemy Remains. Tony Bellardo was a uh, you know, very cool dude for calling in, and uh, I hope this album does well for him. I know that they're looking for a management representation, and you know, but they're getting their shit together. They have uh, uh, videos right now online on their YouTube Uh, You guys look them up. They're solid. They're well done. You would think that they had millions of dollars behind them, which they don't, but um, well done videos. So check them out. Enemy Remains. What do you want to play next, man? Uh, I think we should listen to some Lorna Shore. This album, uh, Flesh Coffin, hits February 17th, and if you pre-order, you get the album now. You get two instant downloads, Funeral Moon, and this song that we're going to play soon is going to be Denounce the Light. Really killer song. Nick said it all. Lorna Shore, Denounce the Light.
East Coast Metal Radio back here, hanging tough. All right, dude, so this week's discussion, uh, since we're talking about new songs, let's talk about some of the new tours that are uh, coming out. Uh, I'm down. We have a lot of good shit coming around. We have Chicago open air with, I mean, you will never have to see a show again. You know, everybody's there. I'm, well, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a pussy when it comes to flying. I have never flown. I don't like uh, thinking about airports pussy. or airplanes or anything that has to do with air, so... But Chicago Open Air, I mean, like you said, dude. Friday, Kiss, Zombie, right. Megadeth, Anthrax, Meshuggah, Dillinger, Escape Plan, Falling Universe, Suicide Silence, Whitechapel, all in one night. Take a breath, take a breath, that's a lot of good music. <sighs> Saturday, Corn, Godsmack, Seether, Clutch, Steel Panther, Body Count, Avatar, Mushroom Head, Pig Destroyer, Kane Hill, Sunday, Ozzy Osbourne, Slayer, Stone Sour, Lamb of God, Amon Amarth, Behemoth, Hell Yeah, Devil Driver, <laughs> Stop it, Hell Motherfucker, Hell Motherfucker, Yeah! Oh my god, yeah, that's, uh, that's would be a pretty good weekend, huh? Yeah, I can't, it's gonna be great. But some of the actual tours that are um, coming from city to city, uh, the Whitechapel tour, I think it's one that's, uh, I, you can't go wrong, you can't go wrong. Whitechapel, Cattle Decapitation. Goat whore, a legion. Crazy. You know? It's going to be such a killer. That crowd's going to be insane. Which are you looking forward to more, that or Killthrax? Whitechapel. I love Whitechapel. Yeah. But I mean, Killthrax, I mean, Kill Switch and Anthrax under <laughs> one roof. You know, I love it when, uh, you know, back in the day, I mean, you know, back in the, in the 80s and 90s when I used to see shows all the time. They had one headliner and, you know, one or two openers that you probably never even heard of. Uh, and it was, you know, not unusual for everyone to, to just hang out in a parking lot, getting drunk until, you know, 9, 10 o'clock to come in and watch the headliner. Yeah. Um, now you have to go down early to get drunk because <laughs> every band, yeah, it seems like there. now, is killer. So, you know, uh, uh, the After the Burial Tour. I mean, after the burial, I mean, fit, fit for an autopsy. Crazy. We're gonna Speaking go of one. fit for an autopsy, they um new album coming out. They just March, announced that March seventeenth. March seventeenth. And that's gonna be cool because we're gonna go to that show. It's yeah, a, and game changer. The day that Howl. it comes out, it will be seeing them in Game Changer. That's gonna be Jersey. a cool one. That, that place is gonna be packed. I remember when we saw them before. <laughs> you, we were standing by the pit for an opening band, <laughs> and the guitarist Pat was in the pit and. He went to go throw a punch, and it just grazed your face. Dude, like, I I uh, might have lost three hairs on my ear, because it just grazed my ear. It was it crazy. was funny, man. And then when you were on the on the suicide tour bus, I ran into the singer, and I'm like, you know, Pat almost killed me, dude. <laughs> He's like, yeah, Pat's a madman when it comes to them shows, so. I mean, solid band, though. You can't argue that, you and, know. And the first song, you know, and we'll, we'll probably play it next week, but, um... You know, the the first song already sounds just killer, so that's going to be a cool album. Um, and this weekend, we're hoping to go see uh, Falling in Reverse, Motionless and White, Issues. I mean, that's going to be a badass show. Yeah, in a sense. You know? All, all of those kids who think that they know what real metal is are going to be there, but, I mean, it's going to be still a good show. Motionless and White, I love. They're solid. You know, they're not... They couldn't fit with the, with the bands that we're playing on today's episode, but, yeah. you know, they're... They still know how to make the crowd move. Of course. We've seen them, I think, a couple times. One time was at um, Rock Allegiance. Yep. They played. That was a killer. 
We saw Falling in Reverse. Didn't we see them in, um, we saw in them, Starland, right? Yeah, Starland, uh, Warp Tour. Yeah. Motionless was really, really good at Rock Allegiance. Yeah, they were killer. So, anyway, uh, you know, there's nothing like, you know, listening to all this new music and then, you know, going and following the band and seeing them live. So, uh, you know, pay attention to your favorite bands, you know, follow them on Facebook and Twitter, and when they come to your city, you know, check them out. Um, I think that we'll uh, wrap up this uh, this episode. Um, I wanted to say uh, uh, one of the greatest dudes in metal, uh, Mikey Nine from um, I Hate God, he recently had a liver transplant. Um, just a very, very good dude. Um, he's had health issues the past couple of years, and he finally got a liver transplant this year. And they, um, the band and management and family have uh, have uh, worked to get t-shirts and posters that you guys can buy and all the money goes towards Mikey's uh, medical bills so you know if you have a moment and you know a couple dollars to spare uh, head on over to the website it's uh, www.ihategod.ee and uh, you know uh, keep Mikey in your thoughts uh, we'll end this episode uh, with uh, I Hate God's song uh, Medicine Noose uh, it's a slow grungy song but it's another great freaking song Mike just blows it away on vocals so uh, enjoy that one again uh, uh, thanks for uh, joining us today guys uh, keep metal alive uh, appreciate you all listening to us we're getting some great feedback and uh, we do appreciate that um, on Twitter we're at ECM radio show so uh, give us a shout out and uh, we thank you for your time enjoy I hate God medicine news thanks mm.